Well, good evening, uh, and thank you to Ian for his welcome. I will never forget uh, that trip uh, with EBR to Scotland. Um, thank you to the band who uh, led us there and, and for the choice of those songs tonight uh, that fit well uh, with our theme, uh, which is from Ruth uh, chapter 3 and the, the start of chapter 4, and the title is Redemption. <clears throat> so we continue this uh, series of studies in this brilliant book of Ruth, and uh, please turn in your Bibles to, to Ruth chapter 3. The story so far, Johnny and, and John brought us through uh, the first uh, two chapters. Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons left Bethlehem in Judah because of a famine. They lived for a time in Moab, where Elimelech died. The two sons married Moabite woman Orpah and Ruth. But these sons also died, leaving three widows in the family. Orpah went back to live with her family in Moab, but Ruth clings to Naomi, uh, promising to return with her to Bethlehem, where there has now been a good harvest. Naomi's people would become her people, and Naomi's God, her God. In chapter 2, Ruth finds favor in the eyes of a man called Boaz. He is wealthy and honorable, a relative of Elimelech, her dead father-in-law. He cares for Ruth, providing a safe place to gather grain, giving her extra portions of grain and even food from his own table. So that's where we've got to. So let's uh, move to the first section of chapter three. And I've entitled this Awareness of Need. I want to pick up the story in the last verse of chapter 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 23. So she kept, uh, kept close to the young woman of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative? with whose young woman you were. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. If you just want to keep your Bibles open, uh, because we'll be reading some more of the passage later on. Naomi and Ruth are in a very difficult situation. They are both widows. They have no harvest, harvestable land of their own. No children. They are vulnerable. And verse 23 told us that the harvest was over, so food would start to get scarce for them again. If you think back to the first chapter of the book, Naomi said she should be called Mara, meaning bitter, because God had dealt very bitterly with her. Life was tough. These women seem to have no hope and no future. Naomi longs for Ruth to find rest, to find security to be provided for for the rest of her life. The good thing, however, is that they realize they are in need of help. 
from someone else. Both of these women believed in the one true God. Although Naomi was bitter, she still acknowledged God and knew what was written in the law of God. So she came up with a plan, a plan to appeal to Boaz so that he would become Ruth's husband. Naomi was a bit of a matchmaker. In 2005, I traveled to Bolivia, South America for the first time, and I worked at a mission project. There, I met a Bolivian woman called Giovanna, who worked in the school cafe. She told me about her sister, a dentist like myself, who was returning to work in the city. Later, I met another Bolivian woman, this time Erica, the school headmistress. She told me about her sister, who was a dentist, and she too was returning to work in the city. I was very interested to meet these dentists, purely to see what dentistry was like in South America. <laughs> Little did I know that Giovanna and Erica were actually sisters, and they were both directing my attention to the same dentist. We met on the 3rd of November, 2005, and I must say, I was immediately impressed by the dentists of Bolivia <laughs> when I met their sister, Irma. I thought maybe I should arrange a checkup. One week later, after the Sunday evening service, Irma asked me out for an ice cream, something she still denies to this day. And the rest is history. And Giovanna and Erica are now my sister-in-laws. But let's get back uh, to this story. Naomi's tactics involve some things that still work today and some that wouldn't be a good idea in the 21st century. The good tips for us all, wash yourself, put on perfume, get some nice clothes and go and find your other half. I hope that all the rooted crowd are listening to the relationship tips tonight. <laughs> I hear that Jason has some barley, barley winnowing planned for the lads at the rooted weekend <laughs> in April. <laughs> for Ruth, these steps to beautify herself may have had a deeper significance, as it could have been a sign that her period of mourning for her first husband was over. Now, the, the next bit of advice is not su such a great idea for us today. Ruth was to watch where Boaz lay down to sleep and then go over and uncover his feet and lie down at his feet. This is totally alien to all of us. Sometimes it is suggested that this was a seductive act and that improper things occur in this passage, but I find that hard to believe. For me, Ruth and Boaz are both honorable people who love God and seek to follow God's law. We will come back to the uncovering of the feet later on, but for now, let's note that Naomi and Ruth are aware of their vulnerability and need of help from the right person. And Ruth agrees to follow her mother-in-law's plan. So our next section is pursuing the answer. And we're going to read chapter 3, uh, verses 6 to 18. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, 
the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he, say, may you, and he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Why did they pursue Boaz? Yes, he was an honorable man, we can tell that from the way he treated his workers, how he treated Ruth, and how he conducted his business. He followed God's law. He was wealthy. He seems to have been quite a bit older than Ruth. All these are true characteristics of Boaz, but the key term is kinsman redeemer. We would use the term kin in various situations nowadays. For example, if you go uh, to a hospital, they will record who your next of kin is, someone who is a close relative who will be responsible for you. To help us understand this term kinsman redeemer, we need to go back a few pages into the books of the law to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Leviticus 25 verse 25 tells us, if your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. In this verse, the Hebrew word we find, which translates as kinsman redeemer, is the word goel. This is the person who should act as the protector of the family, a close relative, uh, such as a brother, who would have a number of responsibilities to fulfill. In the story, one of the issues was buying back the land that had belonged to Elimelech. So that's the first term. Well, the kinsman redeemer also had the responsibility for caring for widows and orphans. And in Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 and 6, it says, If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in to her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed 
to the name of his dead brother that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. We learn from these verses that a widow shouldn't be required to look outside the family circle to find someone to marry and find protection. Normally, the brother of her late husband should step in and provide for her. There is a particular focus on them maintaining the family line by providing an heir. And this was known as leveret marriage. If someone refused to fulfill this rule, they had a sandal taken off and they were spat on in the face. And if you don't believe me, you can read Deuteronomy 25 verse 9. So a redeemer was someone who protected others and who paid the price that was required to bring freedom and hope for the future. And these two responsibilities of goel and leveret marriage are matters of loyalty and duty and honor. And as Ruth approaches Boaz, she appeals to his sense of duty and responsibility as kinsman redeemer. The perfume and the nice clothes would also help her appeal. She does what Naomi told her to do. She watches Boaz, notes where he lies down to sleep, and then in the darkness, she sneaks up beside him, uncovers his feet, and lies down. This is such a bizarre situation for us to understand, isn't it? It seems that lying down at someone's feet was a position of humility, submission, and servanthood. It was known that servants would take this position and be ready to serve their master. Ruth was indicating her availability for marriage, and this was clearly a marriage proposal. Boaz wakes up to find her at his feet. I love how this seems so underplayed in the account. Behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, who are you? I don't know about you, but I think I would have screamed. <laughs> Ruth now goes off script. Now, Naomi had told her to wait for Boaz to tell her what to do. But Ruth takes matters into her own hands and asks him to spread the corner of his garment over her because he was a kinsman redeemer. Spreading the corner of his garment over her. Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 6 records how God would protect and love his people. It says, when I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you are at the age for love, and I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord, and you became mine. There it is again, spreading the corner of my garment over you. It is an image of marriage and protection. And in a Jewish marriage ceremony, the groom still spreads the corner of his shawl called a talit over his bride. The phrase can also be translated, spread your wings. And throughout the Old Testament, we read of the people of God finding refuge in the shelter of God's wings. In Ruth 2, verse 12, Boaz had prayed that the Lord, under whose wings she had come to take refuge, would repay Ruth for all she had done. Now Ruth is asking Boaz to fulfill, to fulfill this role for her, 
and accept her under his wings as his wife. Boaz could have reacted in many different ways. He could have taken advantage of this young, vulnerable woman. He could have ridiculed and rejected her. He could have publicly exposed her, her cover, and embarrassed her, but he didn't. He was a good man, a man who feared God and knew God's law. He praises Ruth for her kindness, kindness that pursued him as her kinsman redeemer. He was an older man, perhaps less desirable than the younger men who obviously found her to be an attractive woman and wanted her to be an excellent wife for them. Ruth is also kind because she is concerned about the family line of her late husband, Malon, and of Elimelech and Naomi. She wants to bring honor to them and to her new God in whom she has placed her trust. Boaz immediately states his intention to fulfill what Ruth asks. He protects her until morning, but makes sure she can leave before others recognize her. He doesn't want her to be the subject of false rumors or to be exposed to public disgrace. That reminds me a little of how Joseph wanted to protect Mary from public disgrace when Jesus, before Jesus was born. Boaz also provided a large amount of barley so that she, could not, she would not go back to Naomi empty-handed. Remember what Naomi said in chapter 1, verse 21, that she had gone away full from Judah, but the Lord had brought her back empty. Now she would have plenty again. So we have seen that they were aware of their need and they pursue uh, the answer. Now our final section is redeemed. Things are looking up for Ruth and Naomi, but there is a problem a closer redeemer who should have first refusal to redeem. To be a redeemer, a person must fulfill three requirements. They must be a kinsman, someone who is close. They must have the ability to redeem, to be able to pay the price and buy back what has been lost. And they also must be willing. Let's read uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 10. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, redeem it. Or if you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me that I may go, that I may know for there is no one besides you to redeem it. And I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you will also require, acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, 
I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm the transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilian and Malon. Also Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Boaz uh, goes to the city gate, a place which served as a town hall and a courthouse. There, in front of the elders of the city, he confronts the person who is a closer redeemer. The closer redeemer is interested in the option of getting the land, but when he realizes that Ruth will also be part of the package, and would be his responsibility, he is no longer interested. He didn't want to split his inheritance with anyone else. You see, he fulfilled points one and two, kinsman and ability, but he was not willing. Boaz is given the green light to redeem Ruth, and the deal is sealed with the removal of his sandal. Boaz is a a kinsman with the ability to redeem and the willingness uh, to fulfill the role of redeemer. Redemption is a theme that runs throughout the Bible. In Exodus 6 verse 6, God redeemed the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. Through the Psalms and prophets like Isaiah, God is redeeming his people, rescuing, freeing from slavery, standing by the oppressed, bringing people into his family and giving them hope. Boaz is a wonderful foreshadowing of our kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus, who came close by becoming man through the incarnation. He could redeem us because he was truly God and truly man and was able to pay the price of our sin by shedding his perfect blood and dying on the cross. And he was more than willing to do that for you and for me. First Peter chapter 1, 18 to 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. We all need to take a similar journey uh, as Ruth, beginning with a recognition that we need help because we are sinners. 
then if we pursue the answer to our problem, we will find the person of Jesus Christ. And we need to bow down before him at the foot of his cross. And in humility, repent of our sin and ask him to forgive, to redeem us by his blood, freeing us from our sin and filling us with hope. Jesus loves us, and in his mercy, he is willing to spread his wings over us and to protect us. And we can be sure that he will redeem us. Boaz confirmed redemption by removing a sandal. And Jesus confirmed that our redemption is secure because the stone was removed from his empty tomb. Jesus Christ defeated sin and death. Our Redeemer is alive. So as we finish, Ruth came to Boaz as a vulnerable, penniless foreigner, and, he, and she found protection, love, acceptance, and a future. And we can come to Christ as sinners who are far away from God, but through his redeeming work, we can become his bride. When my dad passed away, he hadn't left too many instructions for his funeral. There was a hymn he wanted and a couple of other requests. But he told us that on his gravestone, in addition to his name and the relevant dates, only one other word was to be written, the word redeemed. That's all that mattered, to be redeemed. What a privilege to be purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, our loving Redeemer, to be called his son or daughter. Have you been redeemed? I pray that you will trust him this evening. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks uh, for this uh, beautiful story uh, of Ruth. And we thank you uh, for this chapter, which uh, shows us Boaz, uh, an honorable man, a man who was a kinsman redeemer, who had the ability uh, to redeem her and a willingness to do that. And we thank you that he points in a much greater way to the Lord Jesus, uh, our Savior, our Redeemer. Father, I thank you that he came close to us and that he went to the cross and he shed his blood for our sins, that he has paid the price to buy us back. And I thank you that he did that willingly, thinking of the joy that was set before him. We thank you for him this evening. We thank you that we can be redeemed from an empty way of life and brought into your family. And we thank you that you have made a way uh, for us to come back. I pray that you would encourage us uh, this week as we reflect uh, on your word, Lord. And I pray that if there's anyone who has yet to make a commitment to you this evening, that they would do that and they would consider uh, their need of redemption. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.